You are listening to Revealing Real Estate Podcast, where we dive into getting over your fear of taking risk in real estate and making money while you sleep. I'm Nico Pedizano, your host and real estate guru with over 20 years of experience. It's time to get real. All right. Today, we're going to have a wonderful guest who's going to be hopping onto the show for a second time. He's going to be our first repeat that we've had come on but with uh, a lot of demand asking to discuss a lot more about commercial industrial space. I don't think there's going to be anybody better than Paul Michelli, who's the CEO of Vanguard Realty. As people know, he specializes in commercial land, residential real estate. So Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, How no, are you? Good, good. Glad to have you on. Good, uh, good. You, you were really, you're really sought after. A lot of people were like, <laughs> hey, get Paul back on the show. So we needed to get Paul back on the show. Because well, that's great. We had, I got a lot of fun last time. So hopefully it uh, goes well again. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Listen, a lot of the things we talk about here is residential, of course, right? And we talk about how we can get millennials into the market. We talked about how people that, that are currently have their primary residence, how they can leverage their properties to get into real estate and continue building their wealth through that. I'm sure you're a big believer in in owning real estate and investing into real estate and building that wealth around real estate. Even we've hit where we've hit the elderly and down the baby boomers and how they can start leveraging their properties to continue still investing because I don't think you're ever too late to get into the game of real estate. Absolutely Uh, not. But one of the main reasons I want to get you on into the show was to discuss the commercial side of things. And you specialize in that field. For people that don't know Paul, if you drive around the GTA, this guy's pretty much got market share covered. One of the biggest real estate commercial brokerages around right now. And he has a, a really big resume behind him. So Paul, I just want to dabble into kind of what we're seeing on the residential side of things. We're seeing that the market is really jumping up back to what it was you know, last year of June, we're probably back to June prices of last year. And we're seeing that there's a big market surge. There's there's a lack of supply. Prices are have, have increased tremendously. We are selling homes in seven days, all in multiple offers. How is it on the industrial space, commercial space? Okay, on the leasing side of things, I think it's very similar to what you just mentioned on your res listings. We're getting into multiple offers. There's not enough space for what the market needs. So there's a demand issue. There's a supply issue and there's a high demand so we're getting higher numbers than normal. So the numbers seem to be, keep climbing up somewhere around that 5% range per year. So, you know, in other words, when you do a five-year deal, we start at a number and usually there's 5% escalations, which, you know, it, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's getting very expensive for tenants. And, and I don't see that trend t- changing. So if we bring two or three million square feet to a market like Toronto, which is hardly anything, we eat up the square footage before the time period that's needed for more space. So in other words, it's just, we, we just can't keep up with the demand. So, so, you know, going forward to answer your question, the sales side of things, again, we don't, we don't have any supply. So whenever a building comes out or a plaza or uh, an assembly of some kind, they seem to bring in very, very high numbers. Uh, higher than normal. Yeah, and, and and you bring up a really good point. So if we have a tenant now that's been in a building, let's say, and, and we're just given an average of 15,000 square foot building, and, and we'll talk about the 905 right now, and he's been in there back probably five years ago where his lease is now coming up for renewal. He's you a know, little shocked. He's a little shocked. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? So the rental rates were probably hitting 10 bucks, 11 bucks, probably five yeah. years ago. Now I'm hearing... From, and, and well, we just me if I'm did. Wrong. Yeah, we just did. Uh, me personally, actually, I just did a five-year deal in the uh, in the Vaughn Business Park of Pine Valley in the Highway Seven area, mm-hmm. 
and we did a five-year deal on 15,000 square feet starting at $21 and going to $27 on five years. Yeah, and which is a big jump, yeah. which is a big jump, number one, for landlords, right? Because the landlords are more than double, it. Nick. It's more than double where it was five years ago. It's almost more than double where yeah. it was five years ago. So, how does a tenant now recover from all that? Because if well, you're paying double the amount of space. Let me ask space, you something. All your consumer goods that you buy every day, do you see how much inflation is? I hear you. It's, it's, it's and, and, not cheap. And, and warehousing is a big part of that right of those costs so yes they're raising all their numbers not because everyone's like oh how are they doing that how are they doing well their, their costs have increased and and rent is a big big issue on where their increases have happened and like i said in a lot of cases it's more than two and a half times of what they were paying five years ago uh, a lot of times i preach selling real estate is not always the best option or should it, it should be your last option if you ever own a property, right? Rich people don't like to sell. People that are very wealthy like to maintain their properties, leverage their properties as much as they can. Sometimes I do believe that there are certain situations where you want to maybe remove some chips off the table. Are you finding that one of the biggest reasons landlords today or you're finding a lack of supply in the sale of industrial buildings specifically, even in units, like smaller yeah. end units, right? Even some commercial spacing. But I'm going to talk about specifically the the bigger scale of industrial buildings. Like freestanding buildings. Freestanding buildings. Yeah. You don't find any today landlords that want to relinquish them. Well, the big issue on why is, okay, For it's a, it's really a two-part answer. Okay? Yeah. Number one, the way our taxes work in this country, you know, uh, the, capital <laughs> gains, the capital gains taxes are very significant when you sell a property. So, you know, families tend to either move them generation to generation. Right. Uh, they like the income side of it, so they keep them. The other part of it is, what do I do with the money? <laughs> it's I can't go out and say, hey, I'm going to go down the street and buy a bigger industrial building or a smaller industrial building for that. But there, there's, there's no supply. So now they don't know what to do with the money. So it's not like they're reaching out and saying, hey, I'm going to sell this for X amount of dollars. I'm going to go to double the size space, spend this amount of money, and this is going to bring me this amount of income. They can't do that. Right. So, so it's actually... It's an issue in our business at the moment because we can, you know, when you don't have supply, it's very difficult for some young brokers getting into the business that they just can't, they don't have enough deals to work on because there isn't any. And there's not enough to go around for no. all the, the no. amount of licenses that, yeah. that have been given out yeah. throughout the, the, the yeah, you the, know, throughout the, a That's another right thing. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation <laughs> on its own. It's just we need an hour just for that. <laughs> I, but when we started out in the business, we started out, I think you were about, you started out in 2020. Uh, sorry, I was licensed in 2004. You were licensed in 2002, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Similar yeah. to that, right? Yeah. So I think you, you were a couple years in front of me when we yeah. ended up joining forces back then, back in the day. And, but at the time, on the commercial side of things, there was a lot more inventory. The housing market, we, we were had, talking 40, 50,000 uh, If you remember, because we you used to dabble in it a little bit when we first started, vacancies were at around 25%. Correct. Well, vacancies today are 0.05%. It's a huge change. So it's a huge So, huge so we're seeing a lot of similarities between the residential side and industrial side. Just right now, real estate, there's a shortage supply across the board. Um, whether you're being residential or you're being on the commercial side of things, there's there's a lack of supply. Tenants are having difficulties to get into product because if, if I'm a tenant and I just want to you know go back to what we were discussing previously, if I'm a tenant and I've gotten rent five years ago at a at a discounted price, we'll look at it ten dollars a foot <laughs> on average, and now I got to make that transition into making a move and pay these new rental rates. 
plus the cost of moving, which is very expensive, as we know, it becomes unaffordable for somebody to still not operate their business, right? And the fact there's nowhere to move to. And, and the fact there's nowhere to move to. <laughs> you know, that's, you the, know? That's, the, that's, the, that's the real, that's, so it all gets back into supply and demand, right? I think this comes from, you know, channels from uh, municipalities. And especially within within the Vaughn yeah, municipality, they, I think they, they didn't. That's they didn't, a great point. Actually, they didn't Dick. plan correctly enough to you know there's two build fun. more industrial they're, they're, parks. They're, yeah, they're so. I don't think they foresee they foresee this coming as quick as it did. Um, you know, and and you know it all ties into this. Back in the eighties, nineties, uh, Southern Ontario was a, a heavy manufacturing area. Right. Well, you know, with all the changes in the U.S. market and a lot of overseas uh, things that were, were happening, the world got smaller in a sense, if you, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean, yeah. Right? So uh, so a lot of stuff went to China and places like that. So we, we, we transformed into an industrial powerhouse of, of building stuff into a warehousing industrial giant. So warehousing is different. You need the space. And it's such a huge, it's huge and that's business what, today. And well, you know, there's been referrals of Toronto or the GTA area to be the warehouse of the world. And that's really what we've become in, especially the North American market. And if you see what's hub. going on, I don't know. Uh, I know that you do a lot of stuff in Vaughn, but if you look at the Bolton area, did you see all those big warehouses? Like, I mean, they're putting up million square feet at a time, uh, 50 foot clear buildings just for storage, right? Just for warehousing. Amazon, yeah. all the big guys are there. It's a and, huge market. Yeah, today. and there and there's like I know Lululemon. Uh, I think everybody knows Lululemon, right? Yeah. The tracksuit, the track, the track yeah, yeah, suit yeah. guys, the the, the workout yeah, wear. They're, they're big. They just did a million square foot deal in uh, in um, in in Caledon as well. So these are these. What I'm getting at is this: space is gonna. If if we don't open up like what you say the municipalities don't open up more of it we're going to constantly have this problem it's not just a one thing like maybe one sector of the market starts to hurt and then they'll, it'll free up some space but it won't be enough yes so we the only way you can catch up is people we need to get the municipalities on board to approve more more land available quicker number one quicker quicker get it Excellent. get it ready get it done and and then we need a bunch of landlords in that are in the industrial building sector to put up a, a lot of space, and then because you can't you can't hover at this zero point five percent. And if you remember, I think our first show that we did in January, we 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 talked about that vacancy. Remember? But, but and we also talked about how fast. And we were when we, when we had you on the show, we were in a down market, right? Right. So the market was really trending, and right. And we were everybody was kind of all up in arms, what was going to happen with the real estate market. There was so many hypothetical guesses to what was going to happen. Some people say we're going to be in this for two years. And me and you talked about it. Significantly, if, we, if people go back to, I think it was episode two or three that you were yeah. on, we said that this can spin over really fast just because of the shortage of supply and the, and the amount of immigration that's actually come to this country, the amount of big corporations, because we still get, we're, start, we, we're still seeing a lot of American companies come oh, in yeah. here. Well, right. they have, they got a good well look at their dollar versus ours. Correct. Yeah. There's right. there's a big advantage. There's right? a big advantage, right? They're saving thirty to thirty five percent just on their dollar Absolutely. by moving their their, 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 right. their production here. Uh, or and, and, you're, here. and you're buying in the tenth largest city in North America. Think about that. Yeah. So the population that we have and the growth we have, they're very attracted to it. Yeah. Especially if you can make forty percent on it. And that's where they're at, almost thirty five, forty percent more with their money. I think one of the biggest key issues that I, I see or I foresee 
and again, we're, we're going to talk about this from a municipal problem. And I'll talk about even the city of Vaughan because that's kind of where, you know, it's my backyard. I don't think they are doing enough to expedite this land development process. And what's happening right now, because the the market shift of what happened where, where prices really dropped, builders just said, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines here and I'm not going to develop. And what and what's I'm, that done to your resale business? Exactly. Boom, my, the resale <laughs> market, right? And it just created all Same this demand. Same thing happened to us. Same thing. In commercial, where right. you're finding... A, and no I one's building want, it. Nobody's no building them. No. Right? Why not? Like, you know, and, and, and I think I think municipalities, the governments, need to start, well, in all different levels, have to start coming together to meet so that they can start helping developers or incentivizing developers to want to start putting up more well, of this product. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. We're we're doing a development. I think we talked about it. We're doing a new development, uh, small micro bay units uh, with a company called Northbridge. Yeah, heard of them. And, yeah. yeah, so they're a private equity fund. And we're in, and we sold them the land, and now we're going to put up uh, eighty four thousand square feet of micro bay product. Nice. And you wouldn't believe we haven't really advertised, but I've put it out to a few friends and a couple of select brokers that we deal with, and and a few. You wouldn't believe the like we only have I think forty one or forty two units that we were able to sell. They're right? gonna fly off the shelf. Yeah, like it's just because nobody we don't have nobody has it. It's a great product. Yeah. Nobody has it. It's in a good location, but. This is and this is the old, think about it in the size of Vaughn. This is pretty well the only new one that I know of coming out. Right. So your builders, I think, to your point, they're doing the same thing. They're not putting them all up at the same time anymore. Yeah. And they're holding their numbers. So this guy sells, and then the guy down the street opens up, and then he sells. Right. You're right. Yes. And you can't find them, right? And that's no. the biggest key component. And they're going to sell pretty quick. So. If we look at now, so the average price point for an industrial building, right? I just want to get into yeah. the sale aspect on it. An industrial building right now, what are you averaging out in the, in the 905? Uh, the last one that I know of that traded, it's, it's a funny story because I had sold this building one time a long time ago. Yeah. And now uh, it came to the market again and it's sold in the Pine Valley Business Park. So we're talking 40 year plus product. So this isn't no 40 clear. We're talking 16 clear, all brick. Let's face it, a little tired, needs some work, right? Yeah. That sold for $504 a square foot. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the I, first I, time I, I sold that building, I sold it for $93 a square foot. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good investment for somebody, right? Well, so, it was, for sure. I wish uh, I would have bought it, but. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I, I, there's a lot of people because I think industrial space is the best investment right. you can make in the real estate Absolutely. market. Absolutely. In, in a whole, if you can get to that level where you own industrial buildings, I think there's no better investment in in, 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 in any investment that you can make out there. Yeah, you know, it, it's like, you know, like I know the housing, you guys, you know, and you know well as well as I do, housing people have made big, big money in the last uh, 10 or 15 years for sure. Uh, and then in the industrial side as well, it's, you know, you know, remember small micro bay units, like I remember, you know, my family owned some, they were very difficult things for the longest time. You couldn't make any money. Remember they were, yeah, but the rates would stay, they, they stay like that for 450 years. a square foot. 
Yeah. And they never moved. I think they went up to when I six fifty. Six fifty at best. Yeah. Right. But I yeah. think we sold one for your dad a long time ago. Right. Remember that? That <laughs> yeah. was my first ever listing at the time. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? See, I remember. Yeah. And it was in that Pine Valley business park. And right? I had no business. I just got my license. That's that right. was in two thousand and four. Me and you, Valley and I helped park. you. Me and you did it. And think about it. You're like, wow, this thing that we bought it for ninety bucks. We can't get hundred and twenty. <laughs> right? Do you remember? Yes. And now it's just like it's changed tenfold. Yes. And like I wish my dad were... ever sold that. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I if I knew what I knew today, hold I, on I, to I, real I, estate. Yeah, you 100%. always make money. My dad actually gave me that listing so that I can just start getting some sign calls at the process. And, that's then, it. and we, we 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 threw it up at a very expensive price point, and we ended up selling it. But yeah, yeah it's one of my. It's a good funny story. Glad you brought that up. Good memories. Yeah, so it's crazy out there. Like it's, it's just it is, it, you it, know. It, I'll insane. be honest though. I would like I'd like to be able to say hey to that tenant, you're coming from fifteen thousand feet, like you brought up. Uh, let's put you in forty. But so it's getting to be very difficult to be able to help people, right? And and, and that's that's honestly a sad thing for me because we never had these issues up until the last three or four years, and, and so. You know, like you said, we need to put pressure on on somebody like the municipalities, the province, somebody to release. You know, you can't let in, you know, we let in 400,000 people a year now into this country. Yeah. Two, you know, 250,000 show up to the GTA somehow, somewhere. Yes. That's yeah. where they end up. Even if they end up going somewhere else, <laughs> they coming, end up coming back. Yeah, they get their car, they drive here, right? Yes, they hear about it, they know about uh, it, they right. find out. They start renting, but what do they do? They start so investing you, into our markets right away. It's affecting your business now, because I know you're fighting for listings every day, probably, right? Yes, of course. And, and it's affecting it's our business, too. We have to do, you know, we're doing less volume, to try to make the same money, and all we're doing now is is raising rates and raising the. It's it's not you know we need to get more of a happy medium. I think vacancies need to be in our business. A healthy number would be somewhere around three to five percent. Yes, where you can of have course. some activity. Some buildings are going to sell because when a building stays long, uh, like I remember, you know, when I first took over a portfolio uh, a long time ago, back twenty years ago. Uh, for for a large company, uh, Fortune 500 company, we started doing that portfolio. You know, they started to sell buildings because when that product stays empty for some time, you know, then people start to make decisions, say, okay, well, maybe we, we own a little bit too much of this product in this area. We're going to sell some. So it helps different sectors of the business. And it allows that, you know, a lot of those buyers were young, prominent businesses getting in where they did well and they wanted to own their own building. We can't even do that anymore. It's getting harder and harder to do that because they just don't come to the market. So even if the guy has a very reputable business making big money, he can't buy. Do you know of any future industrial parks that are going to start yes. getting established? Yes, there is There is some stuff slated. You know, we're selling some land. We never talked about this yet. I think we're going to talk about it soon. But yep. the problem is you got. You we're looking, we're selling land now that's 10 or 15 years old. That land needs to come into the process quicker. It's got to be all five years. Yes, and then we can plan better. Right. But but because that, that, there is there is slated stuff. Well, there's Vaughn, Vaughn doesn't have a whole bunch of land, period. I think you know that. Correct. Whether it's housing or industrial. But then we've got to talk about water supply or sewer supply. Right, right? yeah. And Capacities. Capacity yeah, now I'm not stuff. an expert on that, yeah, and no, I don't no, pretend no. to be, but we, there's there's got to be a way, because how are other big cities in the world coping with this issue? I agree. There's got to be way. I was just in Boston over it's the weekend. It's the only way that you can really fix 
the issues that are outstanding with, with the housing crisis and now even in the commercial crisis. I was talking, it's a crisis. There's people that are in need to establish their business, to continue scaling their business, to continue growing their business, but there's not enough space out there well, for but them. But that's right? the other thing too. So, you know, if the guy can't grow in space and he needs space, you don't always need space. Even in our businesses, you know, as you as your, your, your brokerage got bigger and bigger, you needed space, right? Right. To grow. So if these, especially in the warehousing end, if they can't, you know. Well, height is so important in the warehousing. But end, they're going right? to just raise their costs. And those costs get turned over to the consumer. Yeah. So it, it starts to get more and more expensive. Yeah, it's a ripple effect, right? Yeah. It, it, just, I, it goes down but, the chain but, line. But, there's only, but it stops at one place, and it stops at the consumer. Correct. And that's what I think you're seeing with your grocery bill. Go buy a new car. Go buy, you know, anything that you do today is significantly more than it was five years ago. Yeah, yeah I, can, uh, I, I, I attest to that for sure. Looking to buy or sell? Call a team you can trust. Don't believe me? Our Google reviews say it all. Put us on your lawn, your house will be gone. Theopteam.com. I want to talk about a little bit of the current interest rates uh, sure. on the commercial side of things. What are you seeing out there regarding rates on commercial side of things? You know, we follow the, the res. You know, the, the the res market is the largest market in real estate. Period. Right. Well, Toronto's a huge, real, everything channels through real estate for right. us, right? And res is where it starts, right? Yeah. So we're always, a, you know, a couple percentage points higher than you guys, mm-hmm. okay? And it's not so much just the rate, it's it's the qualification to get approved is is significantly more in the, in the industrial, commercial, retail world, office. Uh, our whole sector, which we call commercial ICI Realty, yep. is, so on land, number one, they don't, they, the banks, the, the, the big lending institutions, they don't lend it on, on it at all, pretty well, period. So now you get into industrial, commercial, retail properties, office, they do lend on them with very strict guidelines. You know, a lot of times they, they want 50% or 40% down on those properties. So you need to put a very, very, and that's another thing why they've held so well. You don't see many going to power of sale. You don't, right? You because do, there's no. a big downstroke on them. Yeah, because yeah, because when a guy puts half his money into a deal, it's very rare that he walks away from it, right? He's going to do whatever he can to hold on to and that. And it makes it more affordable for that person right. to cover those payments. Exactly. Too. He could, So what he was usually paying in rent is now covering a mortgage. Yes. Now. He's paying himself. But where rents are going and where they're headed, because we're doing a project... Um, 2025, 2026, we're bringing about 650,000 square feet to the market. Ooh, that's yeah. big. In Bonn. In Bonn, yeah. Yeah, so the Keelan Highway 7 area. Yeah. Our projected rents are going to be starting at 26 to $30 a square foot, somewhere in that range over a five-year period. So, so they're not going down, guys. And the fact that they're not going down is that it's going to be tougher and tougher to, you know, to, to make these payments, obviously, right? Yeah. So, the bank is following suit saying, hey, you know what? We need this amount of money down. They want to make sure that they have a high end of security. The bank doesn't want to be in the real estate business. They don't. They don't. Yeah, no. They want to just make sure that they're they're providing and lending out their money, that you're making right. those payments. They want to see you make those payments. And and it, it's the landlords, right? So if you own that building, um, in your opinion right now, do you feel... and, I, and it, and I don't want this to be a bias, but I know that you specialize in commercial and I know a lot of your investment is in commercial. If if you were somebody who had some liquid cash ready to make an investment move, would you advise 
somebody who's listening to this show right now to either purchase a commercial or industrial space, whatever that means, yeah. most likely commercial or industrial yeah. unit, or would you consider dabbling or preferably have them move their money into residential? Okay, well, it's a very difficult question to answer just because, you know, there's always what I call a uniqueness to real estate deals. So, you know, if you get the a house at the right number, yeah, you know, there's money to make on on resident. And I, you know, I know we, I've made money in, in residential real estate too. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially the condo market, I did very well. You know, there over time, uh, we bought condos and and they went up significantly, and then we sold them. So there there is there's money to make uh, on both sides of that. Mm-hmm. I think it all depends on you as a consumer, what kind of money you have to invest. So if I had less money to invest, I would go the res way. I I think everybody starts that way and then they filter themselves into a balanced portfolio. So I can buy, it's easier to buy a $650,000 condo, uh, residential condo, than to buy a small industrial unit at $1.2 million, which is pretty well the starting figures now. So, and that's not getting you a big space. And that's not getting you a big space because they're trading at six hundred dollars a square foot. So, we're you know, and you're and this is this is what I'm trying to say. So, my my thing is you have to start somewhere, and I think that probably ninety percent of the people start in the in the in the res, and that's me included. I started with res properties. I think there's a big uh, upside. It's a, you know, you got to put, what is, how do they say? You got to put your, some skin in the game. Once you get that going, things start to happen. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you for sure. And, and I think if you're just starting out within, within the business of, of investing into real estate, and this is all new for you, you're probably going to start dabbling into like pre-construction or, right. or any of that. That's what most people what, what start. What do you put down on a condo? $40,000 yeah. and then you're, you're in, right? You're in. You're, you're, your money's going to be held there. It's going to liquidate four or five for five years. years That's and then, right. You know, it grows up with inflation. You either choose to rent it or flip it. But now the laws are changing on that too as well. But <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I taxes and stuff like that and, and HST, even on the on the assignment side yeah. of things. Got to rent it for a year. There's, there's, there's still things you can do, but you could still make money. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And and there's definitely, definitely opportunities out there. I personally feel, you know, I'm more residential heavy and I want to start diversifying a little bit where I get into a little bit more commercial industrial space. Uh, the reason being, what frustrates me on the residential side is the, is the eviction process. Evicting tenants on the residential side, if that tenant is not paying you, becomes a very hefty process where you're putting a lot of your time, and we know time is money. And the amount of, of distraction that you can put in to try to evict somebody who's not paying you rent becomes a more a longer time frame. On the industrial commercial side, it becomes a lot easier. Can you elaborate on the process to well, evict somebody on the commercial industrial I don't wanna, side? I don't want to get in trouble politically here, but we have a government <laughs> where <laughs> okay. you know, I'm not in favor of. And, <laughs> uh, and you let's, know, let's make it known. <laughs> if you notice, I'm wearing blue. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm a blue guy. Yeah, I love the blue party. <laughs> yeah. So these, these, like, I think that they've made some very, very serious restrictions to landlords in the residential market. You know, you brought it up and now we opened that can of worms. That's a big that's a big reason why I sold my residential portfolio. And that I, was the I know biggest a lot reason. of people are not investing uh, period in Canada alone and they're scared. Remove, yeah. because they're scared and they want to move it Now outside, rent control and issues, these are issues that happen in a lot of big metro let's be straight here. Like if you went to New York, they have rent control. 
If you went to Chicago, they have rent control. So the big, big cities in the North American market do are subject to rent control just because no regular people would be able to afford the rents that the landlords would charge. So they have to, you do have to have some restrictions. Now, I, I believe ours, you know, when you sign a, a residential lease and it looks like a phone book, it's a little scary. It's scary as a landlord, and I think it even scares the tenant. Yeah. So they, they are a little too one-sided, in my opinion, my professional opinion. I, I am not a big fan of the residential world because of that lease. Hopefully, you know, going forward, they make some changes to that. I think there are people already working on that. Yeah, and expediting the process. And actually, yeah, it's too long, right? It's too long of a process. Sometimes now, the backlog now, is six, you know, seven months. And, and you got to basically sell a property to get rid of a tenant. Like, it's... It's, it's, you know, if you have a, you know, that, that troublesome tenant that's constantly late, but not late enough where you evict them, but they're, they're, you know, what you call like a pain in your butt almost every month, but they, they're what we call professional tenants. Yes. They move from space to space. They know what they're doing. Now, if you flip over to the industrial commercial retail office side of things, they don't, we wouldn't put up with that. You know, you're going to get a letter. Then if you don't abide by that letter, we're going to make a call to a bailiff and we're going to lock you out and all your employees. And <laughs> there's going to be a lot of embarrassing things that happen for you as the owner mm-hmm. of that business if you don't pay the rent. Yeah. So uh, let's say, I'm not going to say that it doesn't happen because of course, you know, people get challenged in every aspect of life and sometimes it, it hits the uh, the commercial world as well. But I think it's, less and less in commercial leasing than it is in residential leasing because there's a lot of different factors you know a guy could lose his job and you you can't you know we live in a place that's very cold in the winter you can't put a family in the middle of the street in uh, january you know so and i respect those rules and i the, get it so there is some there has to be but i think they have to balance the scale the scales were maybe too much before in the landlord favor not enough on the tenant side now what they've done is they've gone all the way 90 degrees. You know, like they've got to, I think they got to get back to where the landlord has a few more rights. I agree. And, and the reason is because they don't want to, you know, they, they don't want to deal with the problem. That's so what right. what they're doing is throwing well, the problem to the landlord. Well, right? Because, you know, if these people, if tenants end up on the street, then, you know, they're going to government assistance. And, you we're know, not going to get into the political stuff. I hear you, but no, I know. Maybe we've we got to spin this a little That's bit more. A little, yeah, we got to change uh, topics we, because... We may have to at this point in time. <laughs> so, so let's talk about a little bit of something that I'm kind of dealing with from a certain perspective in my industry. And I don't know if you're feeling this being a... a, a you, you have a very large brokerage as well where you have a lot of real estate agents uh, that work for your brokerage. What I'm finding is that it's different from when I was started in the business 20 years ago, 19 years ago, whatever that number may be, I used to go to the office every single day. I believe in going to the office every single day. I think it's important. There's a lot of networking. There's a lot of things that happen and less distractions for myself personally. But I find Ditto that- Ditto to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ditto to that Ditto. for me. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm finding today, especially you know, because of COVID, there's a lot of realtors that don't show up to the office and they, there's a lot of working from home and not just in our industry, in many yeah, industries, office absolutely. space is becoming less and less and less of, right? And and I know, and I still know after the pandemic, I have friends or neighbors that still only go into the office twice a week and majority of that time is still spent working from home. What's the future in your opinion of office space? Okay, so it, it's funny you mentioned this question. Um, 
because I had a call on the way up here. Mm-hmm. So like we talked about all the positive and how well we're doing and industrial and how well we're doing on land and how well commercial spaces and retail spaces are doing. What we didn't talk about was the spaces that are giving us the most issues. Yes. So office space is the most impacted from the pandemic in our business. It's very slow. Mm-hmm. There's high vacancy numbers. As renewals are coming up, so let me give you an example. That law firm that is on First Canadian Place that was renting 20,000 square feet is mm-hmm. now going to 10,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. So it's actually getting worse, not better, if you can believe that. Because, see, those leases are coming up. And like you said, we have uh, four offices. I don't need all that space anymore because even in my business, people made adapted to working from home. So... And with all the new technology, like Zoom calls and FaceTime. Every, but it, even working from your car, yeah, mobile, yeah. everything's just all yeah, sent. It's, 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 there's it's, no printing of papers. You don't need a photocopy right. no more. Now, right? our era, we're we, kind we, of... We the, used to do presentations back oh, in the day. When's the last time you've we ever gone to Zoom. somebody to do a presentation? I just listed a farm, okay, with five people. We did everything on a Zoom. Yeah. I've never done that in my life. You know, we, we, we went to the farm. They didn't even meet us there. Which is moving towards the way of the future, right? And, and, and I'm sure if all four of those people were probably even working from home. They were, yeah. They're, you yeah. know, they're all professionals in their own right. They know how to get on a Zoom call. It just it happened to, to to be, you know, they're they're in our age group. But we're like the end of that era. We are the next generation, like the millennials. You will not see anything. No, and you're gonna see. I think you're gonna see very small, smaller office spaces, maybe with larger meeting rooms. We're seeing that, like, I think the city, the the stat I read, the city of Toronto has the most available office square footage ever. Wow. In vacancies. Wow. At the moment. At the moment. Wow, that's big. So where we talked about 0.05% of of industrial vacancies, this is is probably more somewhere around 25%. 20 to 25. So I don't know the exact number. I'm not I'm not a big office guy. We do have office guys in our system and in our team, but they're not having a very good time with it right now. There is some talk about taking some office space and converting it into the condo residential world, which may affect uh, your business. We're finding the core office is very bad and, very, and a lot of vacancies. Suburban office, not as much we're finding that there is still people in you know what it was we really didn't have a lot a lot of office space in suburbia so now that's all that would maybe running at 10 percent vacancy so you know even when it was very very busy it was very rare to have an office building 100 percent leased there's always a little bit of changeover you have a tenant renovating you need to move them there's always issues and it's a different business right yes but their rates are significantly down as well so there's companies out there, though, that, that provide, and what I'm finding is now there's this new trend, which wasn't around when we were coming up, is is where they're just making mobile office spaces available. Yeah. Like hub, intelligence office. Yeah, so you, you rent you rent the whole floor. Uh, or you think you get a membership or something like that. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. It's a new business. Go, there, there, it's a there new is, business model throughout that. Yeah, so, so for instance, your, your home base is in uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, for instance. But you're opening a Toronto office. But I don't want to have... A big office space. So I have what's called a joint phone system. They have a, a secretary at the front or a, an assistant at the front. Yeah. You you lease out a boardroom and you pay for it. Yeah. So they can set up a meeting. They take your calls. Your calls go to your emails. It's all set up. It's a, it's it's professional office space. 
it's working, but again, not enough to fill all these gaps. Now they're hoping, like there's a there's a bunch of people I've been talking to at different brokerages that they believe, look, it's you close the office space, it's not just the office space that suffers. What about all those restaurants? What about that, uh, you know what's really taking suffering is, you know, did you ever hear of the path, you know, down into the subway system where they have the path and they have all those retail stores and they, yeah. well, the, the, they're not getting the traffic. So that, that guy that's selling shirts, for instance, Right. He can't sell as many shirts because he doesn't get as many people through there as he did, you know, Back. five years ago, right? right. Yeah. So they're hoping, I think, that they see an increase. I know some positives in the market are, you know, like, for instance, the banks were one of the big uh, and the last guys to send their people back to work. But I know that they ordered a bunch of people back to work now. So I think you're going to see more and more people coming. And you're hoping that what I think they're hoping was, hey, we're not going to build a bunch of new uh, office space at the moment. Hopefully over the next few years, we fill up our vacancies and we get it back to a level where where it should be, right? Um you know, your guess is as good as mine. I really yeah. don't know if that's going to work. I don't know. I don't know if it is. I, I just it may never work. It may again. not. You, that may not change, right? The, the, the future of office space is... is you got to look I, at this I, and too, I think, right? I think as a development side of things, if I was getting zoned from a municipality point of view and I had a piece of land that it was a zone for an office building, man, would I probably try to fight to have that rezone. And, and they'd else. probably be more receptive to that now than they were before. Yeah. Um, we talked a bit about conversions. Now, I've talked to some specialized guys in the U.S. markets that do those types of conversions. The problem is our square foot price, believe it or not, on condos, although we talk, it's went up a lot uh, in the res world. The truth is we're very cheap compared to the rest of the world. Our prices are very cheap. So in order to do this conversion, the bottom number on a square foot price has to be significantly higher than what we're currently getting in premium markets like Yorkville, Bloor Street, the Lake, right. we're, we're not getting that. We're not. We're actually, to be honest with you, Nick, what the guy told me is we're not even close. There's still so much more room. So, yeah. so to do the conversion is so expensive, the numbers won't work. So, because they would have jumped. There's some big investment funds and equity funds that own and insurance companies that own th these office buildings. That I think they would have been all over that already. So I don't see it happening yet. You know, it may get there as things continue to go up, but it's not there yet. So I heard that that's really off the table at the moment about doing conversions into condos from office buildings. It's, I think it's a good strategy. I think it's something that probably is going to change because I don't think we're going to see that kind of space start to uh, fill up really quick. And people are just, listen, Paul, when, we, when I started out in the business, it, there was a lot of face-to-face -face interaction, right. right? We weren't, nothing was accessible. When we were dealing with offers, I, I wanted to see, I wanted to get your eye gestures. I wanted to get body movements. I want to see the naughty. And if I brought you a deal that was <coughs> a low ball originally or didn't have your closing date that was going to match, I wanted to know and that it client, upset you. But right? your client wanted that. And the client but wanted But what it. I'm getting now is the client doesn't want it. No. It expedites things. And there's yeah. a good part about it too yeah. as well. Is that you're and able to make no, more deals was, a lot maybe more Maybe they don't want to tell you their emotions like they did. They don't want to show you no. all that stuff for no. sure. They got a lot smarter yeah. too and a lot more knowledgeable, right? Because they're saying, It's easier well, to say no on a camera to a guy in front. In, or over a phone. Right. Yeah. You know, I and I'm a big guy and I'm still thinking about all my young guys, I tell them to get in their car and go, and they look at me like honestly sideways. Like, <laughs> but I'm like still, seen an alien or something. Yeah, still, <laughs> like, what do you mean? Get in what my are you car. talking about? Like, I gotta like, go actually meet the client. Yeah, like, yeah, and, and that's the way we we did things. I still personally do things that way, 
it works for with my era and my age group of clientele it works but yeah the younger ones coming up for sure there's a difference yeah you know you know paul it's uh this has been exciting why i like to have you on is because a lot of i that we speak about here is majority residential but making you come in and talk about the commercial sector makes things relevant for people listening to the show and I think it's important for people to understand all aspects of real estate, including industrial commercial, because there's many components into getting yourself within the market and, and investing within the market. A lot of this is about educating consumers to how to start building that pathway to owning at least your own uh, investments. And, and industrial commercial space, I want to start moving into that sector a little bit more too as well. And it's very so, well, important. You know what? It's, it's so, they sound like different worlds, but they're very tied in. They're very, the, the, the markets really do tie into each other. And you're a hundred percent right. We talked a little bit about investing today. You know, you always want to balance a portfolio, just like you do in a mutual fund on your RRSP portfolio. Yeah. You don't want to have one of everything. Yeah. You don't want to be so tech heavy no. or you don't yeah, want, no. you know, you, you yeah, want. Exactly. And it's the same in real estate. You know, you may want to own a piece of land. You may want to own some commercial industrial. And you definitely want to own some residential. We all usually own residential almost immediately because we need somewhere to live. Yeah. Right? So we're already right. in that market. Right. And a lot of your money is in your personal home. Most people, right? Most people's fortunes are in their house. Yes. So, so you know, to move on from that, yeah, there's, there, I think you have to, you have to expand and you have to, you have to make a balanced portfolio, just like you would within your RSPs, you have to do the same in real estate portfolios. Right. So I think we've come to the same common denominator here is that the future of real estate in Toronto looks very bright. Would you agree? Absolutely. A market like Toronto never will be down for long. I think we had the last time we talked, we talked about down markets. It was very a doom and gloom. But what type. did we say? These were the opportunities where people are well, going to strike. Things now. are already more expensive than they were six months ago, six months ago. And right. I'm going to tell you going forward, everybody starts talking about interest rates and this and that there's, there's just guys, there's a lot of people in Toronto and in the GTA market, it's never going to be cheap and it's not going to get cheaper. It's only going to go up. That's my prediction. And I want to end off with that. But, Paul, that's a really good prediction. Thank you for coming on the show. This Thanks has been for wonderful. Me. Can't wait to air this one out, but uh, it was a pleasure to have you on board. Again. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. Looking to buy or sell? Call a team you can trust. Don't believe me? Our Google reviews say it all. Put us on your lawn. Your house will be gone. Theopteam.com.